Health Naturally for our sponsor Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre taking your calls on 49216216 and about to embark, Dennis, on the health benefits of slippery elm and what it is. Oh, look, it's it's a quite a remarkable remedy and listeners would have heard me mention a slippery elm on the program over the years, but um, it's always a herb that I love refreshing people about because it is, as I said earlier, probably the most significant herb in what we call the the Western system of herbal medicine. Fascinating history, like so many herbs that we use in the English-speaking world. Um, slippery elm is an American herb, and this is always puzzling to people. How is it that uh, so many herbs that we use in what's called Western herbalism uh, are based on herbs from the United States. Well, there's a whole history about that that I won't go into, but essentially it is a discovery of white settlers who went to the US, took on board the traditional medicine of the American Red Indian and began to use some of those remedies. They became so successful in their application of them that many of those colonists took the system of herbal medicine that they had developed in the US back to Britain. And from Britain it spread to the colonies at that stage. So our system is very dependent on American herbs and American plants and American trees. And slippery elm is an interesting herb in as much that it's basically the bark. It's the bark of an elm tree. Uh, Ulmus fulva is its botanical name. And uh, so great is the recognition of the ability of this herb uh, to help in in health problems, that it is now becoming a real problem because um, the world demand for slippery elm powder, that is the powder of the bark of of this uh, of this tree, has reached such proportions that's almost becoming an endangered species, and uh, of course the price has gone up. But still, at this stage, it's readily available. At this stage, there is no endangered status put on it yes, yet in the US, as there has been on other herbs like golden seal, for instance. Um, so it's still a herb that is, is popularly used by medical herbalists, by naturopaths, and increasingly, increasingly by mainstream medical practitioners who are integrating the ability of herbs, particularly slippery elm, into their own treatment protocols. And, and people might say, well, look, you talk a lot about slippery elm, but what are its major benefits? Well, let me just bluntly say, as far as I'm concerned, there is no other herb uh, used in our system that is so capable of addressing the inflamed and dysfunctional gut. Now, listeners might say, what are you talking about there? I'm saying that slippery elm, due to its unique constituents, is useful in what's called inflammatory conditions of the gut, both the upper gut and the lower gut. So things like, for instance ulceration of the stomach or peptic ulceration. It's a condition that is brilliantly soothed by the use of slippery elm and is recommended to be used in texts such as the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which I have in front of me. Even an agent to be used as a complementary agent in the management of inflammation of the bowel. Slippery elm plays a remarkable role there and does not conflict with the mainstream medical approach but brings, if you like, a, a very soothing uh, complementary medication to the treatment of inflammatory bowel disease to the extent that it is a mainline complementary medicine for that condition. 
So, and even in conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, there are so many um, sophisticated protocols for treating this condition, and yet, and yet I have found that some of the best results I get in, in treating patients uh, who have what's been diagnosed as an irritable bowel condition, some of my best results come from the simple, inexpensive application of slippery old powder. And some of the treatments, Jane, that are people are being offered for irritable bowel syndromes are so complex, so complicated <laughs> and so expensive that I'm puzzled uh, when you come back to basics. Come back to basics, look at the simple herb, look at the tradition behind slippery on powder based on the bark of the slippery on and see its abilities uh, historically proven and in modern herbal medicine so demonstrably effective in treating what I've already said inflammatory conditions of the gut. Rosemary has rung in from Cook's Hill and it's cholesterol. You've got a question for Dennis. That's right. Yes, thank you. Hello, Rosemary. Oh, hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Out of the wind today. Yes, like that, isn't it? it? Yes, yes. Um, I was just wondering if you've had any success with herbal medication um, with high cholesterol. Okay. Rosemary, I'll ask you a few questions. Are are you taking cholesterol medication presently? No. Okay, good. Now, what what is your, or what has been determined to be your cholesterol level? Well, I haven't been able to get it below eight to nine for two years. And um, I try with diet. Um, I'm very good with the diet, um, but uh, nothing's happening uh, getting it down. And I don't particularly want to take the statin. Okay. Rosemary, there are a couple of things that you can do. Um, Your cholesterol obviously has a bearing on your health and you should be guided and governed by your doctor, but many doctors respect the reservations that uh, some people have about so-called statins. Um, Some people have reacted to them and and can't take them. Um, And always, I I suggest, uh, wherever possible, try to use softer options Uh, to see if one can bring it below that magic 5.5 level. A couple of little things that I suggest you do. Interestingly, and you can check this out if you're able to Google it up, one of the most um, interesting herbs presently that's being increasingly well documented for assisting in cholesterol reduction is the herb called globe artichoke. Uh, Globe artichoke is eaten as a vegetable, but we're talking about the leaves of globe artichoke. And oh. when, when it is taken uh, in the dose of approximately six grams a day, that if you like is a heaped teaspoonful, it is usually able to get your cholesterol level down by between 10 to 20%. Now again, I emphasize here that everyone responds to it differently. And if you were to go down this pathway, I would expect that you would inform your general practitioner so that he could monitor you over a a six month or year period to see what this is doing but I'm so confident about this particular remedy that I presently have my manufacturer manufacturing for me powdered um, globe artichoke um, uh, supplements to use for people that have moderately elevated levels of cholesterol so it would be it would be one that I would recommend to you your pharmacy your health food store may in fact have it in an encapsulated form or a liquid extract form. But my reading suggests that a dose of approximately six grams 
which would equate to about six mils of a liquid extract, is that dose which is considered to be therapeutic for moderately elevated levels of cholesterol. I would do that, yeah. as, I would do that but I'd reinforce it. I would reinforce it by using um, what's called soluble fibre. Now, I've spoken about this on the program before. Soluble fibre, things, for instance, such as uh, psyllium, which is, is available in a commercial form and known as metamucil, even the herb slippery elm that I've mentioned this morning, those particular herbs contain what's called mucilage. Uh, they are mucolytic substances, but as they pass through the gut, they have the ability to bind to cholesterol and participate in exiting it through the gastrointestinal tract. So any attempt to work at cholesterol naturally, in my opinion, should involve the regular daily use of a fibre form, either based on psyllium or slippery elm. Those two things are very, very good starting bases, very safe, but let me say, that if you're going to get benefit of the, on them, you must use them as medication and use them on a daily basis. Run that past your GP. Those things are not likely to clash with anything your good doctor might have you on, and I'd be surprised if they didn't help you. Yes, well, I watched Michael Mosley about yes. uh, diet yes, and yes, cholesterol, yes, yes. and he said that um, he's uh, believing in fast, Yes. Uh, fasting, and he uh, fasted for two days yes. out of five. Yes. Um, and he, after five weeks, his yes. cholesterol went right down. You see, what he's talking about there is what's known as the five-two diet. Yes, and that's, that's a, right. That's a very popular concept which I myself largely embrace. I could talk. Oh. I could talk about this all day, but I won't because time's no, getting away. But look, the, the 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 information that Mosley gives is good, and if you were to read Mosley, you would also find that he talk about he talks about using oat bran in a similar way to using, say, psyllium or slippery elm. And oat bran, of course, is very very inexpensive. If you were to read his 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 text, you'd find the reasons why oat bran, in conjunction with some of the things that I've mentioned this morning, put you way, way in front of the ballpark. And, and I'd suspect that if you start to embark on this 5-2 principle, your doctor would be very surprised on, on just how well you do. Excellent. Thank you, Rosemary, for your call. We started off, Dennis, talking about slippery elm, and it's come in already. It has. <laughs> with Rosemary's call, Cherry has got a question about IBS. She's rung in on 49216216 from Blackalls Park. Hello, Cherry. Hello. Hello, Cherry. How can we help you? And I think, Cherry, we might have had you drop out. Perhaps if you could ring back on 49216216, we'll see if we can get your question then. And, well, hello. Who have we got here now? Hello. Hello, Kathy. Kathy from Spears Point. Excellent. Yeah. And um, red cells are on your mind. Hello, Kathy. Oh, hello. Um, I had a urine test. Yes. And I've got this morphic red cell. Yes. So, in my urine. Yes. Yeah, so, what has your doctor said about it, Kathy? It's either coming from my um, kidneys or my bladder. Okay. And you're obviously being investigated now for that. Yes. Okay. Well, what what are they? Well, what it c could indicate is 
that you're passing a little bit of blood in your urine. Uh, and if that is the situation, your doctor would be doing investigation to find out whether or not it was associated with your kidney or whether it was, whether it was associated with your bladder. And, f and from there, uh, treatment uh, could be offered. It's not uncommon at times to have um, episodes of where uh, blood in the urine occurs microscopically and, 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 and sometimes that will dissipate. It's, it's almost an idiopathic thing. But any, anything like that, let me emphasize, anything like that needs to be well and truly medically assessed and investigated. It's not a thing that one should seek uh, to treat casually or with any other system other than the mainstream. And, of course, you were just ringing up to see what it might mean, weren't you, Cathy? So I hope that's helped. Uh, Cherry has got back on the line. And, Cherry, hello, your IBS question. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes, Cherry. Oh, very good. Okay. Uh, yes, I have a lot of trouble with irritable bowel. I find certain foods will just go straight through me. Okay. And um, I have a lot of diarrhoea problems sure. with it. Well, it, yeah. it, it, might interest, it might interest you to know that as well as being useful for irritable bowel uh, generally, um, Slippery Elm is uniquely recommended for the diarrhoea component associated with irritable bowel syndrome. If you haven't used Slippery Elm for your condition, then in my opinion, you're probably missing out on one of the most important, inexpensive and safe ways of addressing your particular form of irritable bowel syndrome. Diarrhea, whilst it can come from multiple causes, is in nearly every case helped by the regular daily use of Slippery Elm. It might interest listeners to know that even uh, in cases where people have uh, bowel incontinence, um, the use of Slippery Elm as a means of controlling that has proven to be very, very useful. So that if I have uh, elderly people particularly uh, that present who have bowel incontinence, um, one of the things that I would recommend is the daily use of Slippery Elm powder, which has a regulating effect on transit time through the gut. So whether in your case uh, it's associated with irritable bowel or other forms of, of uh, bowel dysfunction, uh, Slippery Elm is certainly something I'd rec recommend for you. And how often would you take okay. it? Cathy, each preparation of Slippery Elm that you would get would be, uh, would be dosed so that if you went to your um, health food store or your pharmacy, you would find the recommended dose on the product label. Um, if I were to use um, the powder itself as just a crude powder, it's not uncommon for me to recommend a teaspoonful, as simple as that, of slippery elm powder for most conditions. However, let me say, if you're buying finished preparations of it, that is, in an encapsulated or tableted form, be guided by the label and the dosages that are on that. And again, let me say, if you're going to go down this pathway, it will take a little while for it to kick in, although not um, a long period of time, a little while, and you should be able to assess the benefit. Oh, that's 
wonderful. I'll try it. I'm a courier and I think I know every toilet in Newcastle. Oh, look, um, uh, it, might, it, might, it might interest you to know, Cathy, that uh, when I returned to Newcastle to practice, uh, moving from my Warunga um, practice back to Newcastle, I remember treating uh, a lady who was uh, the wife of a well-known um, solicitor in Newcastle and she used to travel down from the Hunter Valley and uh, she uh, was suffering from a very, very bad colitis condition and she said to me that she knew every toilet block <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the way down from the Hunter and uh, we got on very well together and um, she saw me in my Church Street rooms in those days, that's a long time ago, and she did particularly well uh, by appending slippery elm powder to her medical management to the extent that pit stops weren't as uh, necessary as they previously were. And See how you get on. <laughs> well done, Dennis. It sounds great. Now, Doris has rung in, 49216216 from Swansea, with fluid. And it's on the knees, not where you want it in the glass, Doris. No, no, not at all. Hello, Doris. Oh, hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm good. What, what's the situation, Doris? Um, the situation is... I've got a lot of health issues. Um, I got stuck down with lupus, but I'm in remission. Good. Have been good. for some time. Good, good. Um, but last year, I ended up having this terrible uh, UTI that I, I ended up with septicemia. Oh, I didn't even dear. know I had it. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Mm. Yeah, and well, blood poisoning. I was very sick and um, on high doses of you know antibiotics yes. for a long period of time. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, I was very sick and finally, you know, I started to feel a little bit better. Anyway, I've ended up with, then I ended up with massive hives all over my body. Oh, dear. I had a few attacks of that, went to the skin specialist, I've been taking. Anyway, the hives haven't really gone away. Okay. I had two really bad episodes of it. Yes. Um, but I still have to treat myself with Telfast and... Yes. That every day, yes. just in case. Yes. And some days it doesn't come, other days it does. Okay. I've been to a dietitian because I ended up with irritable bowel. I had diverticulitis. I've had everything you could possibly imagine. Dear, dear. Now, I've, I've got two artificial knees that I've mm. had replaced, and they were done by a great surgeon yes. in Newcastle. Yes. Um, and I've been trying to get a bit more well and fit and trying to lose weight, you know, with the dietitian's help. And, sure. Um, you know, because I've got very bad well reactions to wheat and milk and all these other things so you know i'm on a strict diet so got all sorted out and tried to do a bit more exercise and all of a sudden my knees started to really hurt and ache yes doctor sent me off to see my specialist he did all the x-rays went back and saw him and he tells me he thinks it's my immune system um it's definitely there's nothing wrong with you know my knees that have been replaced or you know the parts are all in great working order, as they should be. Um, but there's only one solution that he can think of, and that's going down that road of the steroids, because I'm under Dr. Professor Glenn Reeves, and he's put me on those before, and I, I can't handle them. They're absolutely... I can't think of the name of them now, but, um, you know, they're pretty powerful. Doris, and Doris obviously your condition is, is quite complicated, and it would be very uh, simplistic of me to suggest... Uh, that we can make a recommendation that would resolve the condition like that. Obviously we can't. What I would do is make a couple of little suggestions that you might run past initially your GP and then if necessary on to your specialist managers. One of the things that I would suggest is 
that you contemplate using what are called bioflavonoids. Right. Okay, because I'm just thinking, is, is there something I can use to yeah, get well, the fluid out well, of me? Bio... Well, well, bioflavonoids uh, have, a remark yeah. have a remarkable ability to promote improved lymphatic and blood circulation to the peripheries. So it would be, and your doctor would know about uh, one of those bioflavonoids, which has the name of Rutin, R-U-T-I-N. Hang on, no, my doctor wouldn't know. Well, I'm sure she would. I, I questioned my doctor yes, actually yesterday, and that's why I'm on the radio to you because yeah. she's she's telling me to go and see my immunologist, mm -hmm. and then he'll probably put me on the you know on the steroids. Well, 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 I don't what, want to go. I want to go natural, sure. you know. Well, sometimes that's a good ideal, but unfortunately, it can't always be carried out. But the interesting thing about bioflavonoids is. They have other characteristics about them. They have immunological benefits, and one of them called quercetin is useful also for addressing uh, allergic-based conditions, and it's one of those um, substances, one of the bioflavonoids, that is specific in my attempt to reduce regular outbreaks of urticaria or hives, as you call it. So one of the things that I would suggest you start thinking about, and your doctor would know about it, uh, he or she could monitor the benefits, try your bioflavonoids. Very well. We're looking at arthritis and uh, you're wondering, Joan, who's rung in from Brankston, uh, whether turmeric will help. Yes. Hello, Joan. Hello, Dennis. I bought some turmeric. Yes. It's called Coumarin, C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N. Yes. I looked it up and it said it's the colouring of the turmeric. Yes. Okay, let, let me explain it to you, Joan. Um, turmeric is, is, is a herb, it's a spice, but it contains a substance in it called curcumin. Right? All right. Now, the curcumin uh, has many properties, but it is the curcumin component in, in turmeric that gives it its anti-inflammatory or anti-arthritic characteristics. You see, uh, all herbs have chemical constituents, and many of those chemical constituents have therapeutic or health benefits. In turmeric, the predominant health benefit comes from the amount of curcumin that it has in its tissues. All right. And how long do I have to take it before I'll okay. feel the benefit? Now, what form are you taking it in? Uh, A capsule. Okay. Now, are you being guided by the dosages on the... On the, on the um, product label? Yes, it says take one once or twice daily. Okay. How severe is your arthritis, Joan? Oh, it's only just started really okay. and it's in my elbow and okay. it's not really okay. bad yet. Now, you're undergoing management by your doctor, are you? By my physio. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Look, with um, turmeric or curcumin, the effect is, is a gradual effect. It's not something that's likely to kick in tomorrow, right? Uh, it takes a little while to grow on you. And that, as I frequently mention to my patients and listeners, that is a bit of the downside associated with the use of herbs. That They tend to be slow-acting, albeit, generally speaking, very safe-acting. I would think that if you're going to get any benefit from it, you would likely see something happening, say, within a month. A month. That's a fair time, and, and by that, don't expect a complete uh, resolution of your problem. But no. may, But maybe enough indication to say, hey, I'm onto something here. This thing is starting to do some good. 
Right. One of the other things I would suggest, however, is try that Stiff Sore and Sorry uh, product that we mentioned. It's, your physio may well, in fact, have it. If he hasn't, it would be available, I'm sure, from your pharmacy or elsewhere. That should be applied, in my opinion, to your elbow. It should give you some what's called topical relief. So by using Stiff Sore and Sorry topically and using curcumin or turmeric orally for over a month, I think you'd find that you'd be doing a bit better, Joan. And it's fifty three dollars ninety five. Is that the usual price? Uh, look, they, <laughs> that's the, a hard the, thing to things, ask. Things vary in 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 price, um, but I think you'll find that they're all round about the same sort of price for the same sort of quantity. And I'm sure that your your good pharmacist would have given it to you for, for a very good price. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. All the very best with that, Joan. We do still have time for a call or two more, 49216216, with Dennis Stewart on Health Naturally. Uh, can I ask you, Dennis, a question about Slippery Elm? Yes, We yes, were talking course. about that earlier. Yeah, of course. Um, and you were saying, of course, the uh, the American Indians used it. Mm. Does it grow anywhere else or only in America? Look, it, the elm trees, of course, uh, grow all around the world. Um, this is a particular species, Ulmus fulva. I'm not aware of it being grown elsewhere in plantation form, but there are other elm trees now being looked at seriously as being alternatives to the slippery elm. Oh. Uh, and they, have, of course, have barks and uh, are not as endangered as the, as the American species is. So I think down the track you'll find the problem will be solved uh, through either uh, groves of these trees being... Uh, transplanted or even many of them grown in a plantation form in the US. The problem is being looked at now because slippery elm is a very lucrative crop also for what might be called the natural health um, supplement industry. If it were to become unavailable or very expensive, it would have a significant impact on, uh, on health supplements that many companies now around the world manufacture. Uh, so I think the problem is, is being sorted out there's always alternatives, although it would have to be a really good alternative to, to match the incredible ability of slippery elm. I don't think, Jane, and I might be boasting here, I don't think there would be any other practitioner in the English-speaking world that has used so much slippery elm consistently for such a long period of time and has achieved so many so many benefits for many people. <laughs> so you really have seen it working. I'm a fan of Slippery Elm. Definitely a fan. Well, we do have a call coming through right at this moment. Hello. Can you tell me your name? Oh, it's Tanya. Yes? Yes. Uh, hello, yes. Tanya. From West Hello, Wednesday. Dennis. How are you? And uh, you'd like to ask Dennis about thyroid. Uh, yes, please. Mm. Uh, probably six weeks ago, I was diagnosed with an underactive thyroid. Right. Uh, and I was put on a preparation for six weeks, but yes. unfortunately it hasn't really uh, given me much benefit. So now I've been prescribed, it's a compounding agent that will have some benefit to the T3 and T4. Okay. I'm just wondering, is there anything uh, I can add to that in terms of nutrition or something to boost the thyroid? Okay, look... Your doctor has prescribed this supplement, has he? Yes, he has, and yes. You're, and you're getting it manufactured from, from a compounding pharmacist? 
Yes, okay. I'm about to start that preparation, yeah. yes. Look, I, I would think that that would be a, a very, very good suggestion to follow. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have an understanding of what your general practitioner would be doing. But um, I'll pass on to you something that only this morning before I left to come to the program, I was reading myself on the thyroid. My wife has a, a thyroid problem, so um, I'm doing a lot of reading and research on it. Uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Sand Dr. Sandra Cabot. And you may have heard yes. me talk about her. Yes, a remarkable, I sure have. Remarkable lady. Years ago, I had the privilege of, uh, of of doing a lecture session with her. Remarkable lady, remarkable doctor, um, a very well qualified doctor, and a very well qualified natural therapist. She has written mm -hmm. many books, which I recommend happily. And her book on the thyroid is a good read. Okay. So what I would suggest you do is not depart from what you're general practitioner has recommended but read mm -hmm. doc, read dr cabot's book i have a, a couple of books in my warehouse in the hunter uh, i could make them available at my rooms at new lambton if you were to come in next week because otherwise you'd okay. have to search for it um, so i'll bring i'll bring one down i'm consulting on monday i'll put it on the counter if i'm not, oh, not there my staff can pass it on to you read that thank you but in the mm -hmm. mean in the meantime follow what your general practitioner has said but dr cabot's book will give you a better understanding and ways and mm -hmm. means of working with what your doctor yes. has recommended okay that's wonderful okay. great thank you very much thank yes. you. Okay. Thank you, i'll look forward to reading that book thank you and tanya thank you for your calls still just a short minute or so to go dennis before um, we let you go for okay. the rest of the day. Well, we should say a little bit more about the Slippery Elm in, in Grand Finale. And, um, and just before we yes, do, yes. let's give away our draw. We've done our draw for our okay. Stiff Sore and Sorry pack. And uh, it's going to Doris of Swansea. Uh, this time, this That's week. Good. So that pack will be available from Dennis Stewart's rooms in New Lambton if you'd like to pick that up. Now, now just to finish off this program and, and to soothe the concerns of many listeners about the uh, perhaps impending scarcity of this remarkable substance, Slippery Elm Powder, let me just say that English herbalists did a unique thing quite a number of years ago now, and they recognised that the simple wayside herb, marshmallow, Althea officinalis, or marshmallow, that it had similar constituents in it, believe it or not, to the bark of the Slippery Elm, and so there is what's now called a slippery elm food. It was developed by English herbalists probably close to 70 or 80 years ago, and it incorporates um, equal parts of slippery elm, equal parts of marshmallow, both of them working beautifully in a synergy, and, of course, the marshmallow compensating for some degree for the, our impending concerns about the scarcity of slippery arm powder. Fantastic. Thank you, Dennis Stewart. And you can catch this program on podcast on 2NURFM.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.